Hello, everyone. Hope you're all doing well. I'd like to take this opportunity to thank all of you for tuning us in, if you will, to either listen or read what the good Lord has to say through our ministry. We're currently celebrating our 10th year during the season as the Latter Rain Ministries. And since its inception, we've been reaching many throughout the world. As of a few years ago, we've had the capability to track where on the planet people have been following us. We're very happy to report that we have successfully reached many countries on the six different continents. Since 2014, we've had folks from 41 different countries around the world visit our website, following both our English and Spanish ministry. So we praise God for that. Again, we are very happy that our humble ministry is helping you somehow as we continue to be dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. In these trying times, and now more than ever, we need to be rooted and firm on God's truth. Having said that, I encourage you to pray to get closer to God, even though sometimes the truth may be hard to listen to. God is infinite, so we can never have enough of Him. We need to continue filling ourselves more and more with the knowledge of His truth through His Word, and of course, with the anointing of His Holy Spirit. We cannot do things on our own and on our own strength, so we need more of His Holy Spirit. So as part of that prayer, while you ask Him to get closer, Pray for wisdom, for understanding, and for your faith to grow. These are all good things that we should be praying for always. So having said that, let's pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, I praise you and I worship you, O Lord. Thank you, O Lord, because you want to be close to us. Heavenly Father, help us to draw closer to you. Help us, O Lord, to understand the value that there is in getting close to you, Lord. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you help us to understand, that you help us, O Lord, to have open minds and open hearts to listening to your word, to drawing closer, even though even some of these things may be hard to listen to, Lord. But Lord, the truth is ultimately what will help us, O Lord. Heavenly Father, help us to understand that, the, that your truth will set us free. Heavenly Father, I pray in the name of Jesus, Lord God, that you give us wisdom, that you give us understanding, and that you help for our faith to grow, to become stronger and stronger as each day passes. I pray, O Lord, now that you may help us to understand your word through your Holy Spirit, O God. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. As I mentioned before, we'll be talking about the seven churches we introduced last week, which are mentioned in the book of Revelation. Today we will talk about the church of Ephesus. Our passage can be found in Revelation chapter 2, verse 1 to 7. And this is what it says. To the angel of the church of Ephesus write, These things says he who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks in the midst of the seven golden lampstands. I know your works, your labor, your patience, and that you cannot bear those who are evil. And you have tested those who say they are apostles and are not and have found them liars. And you have persevered, and have patience, and have labored for my name's sake, and have not become weary. Nevertheless, I have this against you, that you have left your first love. Remember therefore from where you have fallen, repent, and do the first works, or else I will come to you quickly, and remove your lampstand from its place, unless you repent. But this you have, that you hate the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. 
To him who overcomes, I will give to eat from the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. As background in the city itself, Ephesus was located on the western coast of Asia Minor, which is present-day Turkey, about six miles from the Aegean Sea. During the time that the book of Revelation was written, Ephesus was considered to be the gateway of Asia, with a population of about 300,000 people. As a gateway city, it was the chief commercial city of the province. As one of the largest cities in the world during those days, it was quite prosperous. Regarding the spirituality of the city, it was the center of the Great Mother Goddess worship of Western Asia. The Great Mother Goddess was known to the Romans as Diana and to the Greeks as Artemis. It was thought that the goddess lived in nature, that she was everywhere, wherever there was life, the mother of all things. And all offerings of every possible nature were acceptable to her. In Ephesus, the city was controlled by the educated prostitutes affiliated with Diana worship. Part of the cult of Diana was the use of ritual prostitution, whereby the devotee became joined, if you will, with the goddess through their priestesses ensuring her favor throughout the year. So basically, sexual immorality was rampant and condoned by the religious belief that prevailed in the city. In summary, Ephesus was filled with riches and depravity. This was the environment in which the church found itself, which is very similar to many regions in our world today. Now, the message to the church in Ephesus addressed various aspects. The issues they faced because of their environment, and how the, that environment tried to creep into the congregation. The church leadership did, however, manage to fend off some of the corruption that tried to get in, in particular through those that pretended to be highly spiritual people, like false apostles. The angel that is involved with the revelation to Ephesus cites the strengths that it had, their perseverance and labor as a group, including how they tried to abolish the intrusion of the Nicolaitans. The word Nicolaitan roughly meant the conqueror of lay people, which is derived from the composition of two words in the Greek. It was thought, or at least observed, that the Nicolaitans abandoned themselves to the pleasures of this world. Another thought is that they closely resembled Balaam, a wicked prophet of the Old Testament that tried sabotaging the people of Israel from entering the Promised Land and doing it all for money. Ultimately, these Nicolaitans tried to introduce heresy into the church, trying to make people stray away from the sound doctrine that the apostles of Jesus Christ had been teaching. And it could be thought that they made people stumble because they were quite convincing as they tried to lead people away from the truth into things that were unprofitable, spiritually speaking. So Ephesus had a lot of the evil ingredients that exist in many of our societies today. There was a lot of money, and depravity outside of the church, followed by very convincing false teachers and apostles who tried to sabotage true faith in Christ, so ultimately they could gain wealth and power over the common layman. But despite the church in Ephesus doing a good job fending off a lot of evil, the angel cites a large issue, and their first love was missing. And here we see the saying in full effect, there is such a thing as doing the right thing for the wrong reasons. Love was no longer the intention of their heart. They had become religious somehow, just following rules and discipline, as opposed to their love for Jesus Christ being the source for their actions. 
Jesus was no longer the center or the reason for why they did what they did. The Bible teaches us that without love, we are nothing. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 says, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. So the source or the reason for everything we do should be because we love God and nothing else. Out of our love and faith in God should stem every single action in our lives. Because Jesus explained in Matthew chapter 22, verse 37, that the first and greatest commandment is, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Love for God needed to be the reason for why the church in Ephesus did the right things they did. And the angel warns them that if they don't go back to that, that everything they do will be all for nothing. If they don't repent, all will be lost for them. This message is quite applicable today. We can never forget the reason for why we do things. And it should always be for our love to God because we are grateful for what He has done through Jesus Christ. We need to do what is right because we love Him and we want to please Him. Nothing more, nothing less. And finally, the angel tells them something very important. And this is a common message throughout these different messages, if you will, to the different churches. They need to hear, to listen. When God speaks, we need to pay attention and do what He tells us to do, whatever it is. And we need to obey quickly. As followers of Jesus Christ, we need to overcome. Jesus Christ overcame sin on the cross, but we need to overcome through Him by loving Him, by following Him, by obeying Him, by keeping our intentions pure and true. And the wonderful thing is that there is a prize, an everlasting reward for those that overcome, that we will eat from the tree of life. But in order to get to the tree of life that is in the midst of the paradise of God, we need to overcome. And we need to learn to love God in order to be able to overcome. Like Ephesus, there are many people that may be doing all kinds of good things, but they may have forgotten or misunderstood the reason for why they should be doing the good that is right before the eyes of God. We always need to remember that everything is possible, even the greatest rewards in eternity, if we grow in our love towards God, and that this love becomes a central reason for everything we do. It doesn't mean that you will be perfect, and God does not expect perfection. But even when we get it wrong, we have to make sure we are at least trying to do the right things for the right reason. Let's pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, I praise you, O Lord, and I, I pray, O Lord, Heavenly Father, that you help us to, to always remember that it's all about love, Lord. Help us, O Lord, to always remember that it is about loving you above everyone and above everything including above ourselves, Lord. That you should be the priority, that you should be the reason, that you should be the why in our lives, Lord God. Help us, O oh Lord, to be able to understand that and to live it, Lord. And Lord, it's only fair because you loved us that way. 
Because, Lord, you did things for us that we could never do for ourselves. You loved us infinitely, Lord God, when we were unlovable, Lord God. You loved us when we were your enemies, when we were separated from you, when all we were doing was wrong before you, Lord God. You were committed to us, to redeeming us, to saving us from our sins, Lord. Help us to remember that, Lord God. Help us to remember, O Lord, that you need to be first and not us. Heavenly Father, I give you thanks for your word. I give you thanks for your Holy Spirit. Help us, O Lord, to always be able to understand your truth. I give you thanks and I praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, as always, feel free to write us at our ministry website at thelatterrain.org if you have any questions or prayer requests. And just in case, if you're interested in having us visit and speak at your church or small group, we would love to hear from you. The Latter Rain Ministries is a self-supporting Christian ministry dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. May God bless you. Till next time.